morning, Mount Church. How y'all feeling? Y'all feeling good? Yeah? I love it. I am excited to be here. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Marquise Cox. I was here a few months ago, and I'm excited to be here with you all uh, today, specifically on this weekend. So if you're here in the room or you're watching online, I just want to welcome you and say thank you, thank you, thank you for spending a few moments with us. The reason why I love this uh, weekend in particular is because this is a weekend that's a, a little bit different. You know, all week, or excuse me, all month long in the month of November, we're super, super thankful. We have gratitude, like our thankfulness increases, where we become more giving. We just, there's just like that, that thankfulness and gratitude in the air. And then there's a shift that takes place right after Thanksgiving. Right after Thanksgiving is Black Friday. And we're thankful, like, in the beginning of the month, we have, like, the, what sums up how we feel is this right here. It's up on the screen. This is how we feel. It's sort of how we think about the beginning of, excuse me, the previous slide. Previous slide. Um, we think about this. Let's give things away and be grateful for the things we already have. And then we shift to Black Friday, and we think this. We think... Friday is here, let's get as much stuff as we can. By the way, what are you getting me for Christmas? There's that shift that takes place in the atmosphere. We, we, we go from being super, super thankful, we sit around Thanksgiving table and we talk about what we're thankful for and then Friday comes and we're body slamming people for TV sets. <laughs> right, like that's, that's just what it is. And so uh, I'm super thankful for this weekend because I wanna talk about some things that I think will help us all Live in a way that is more thankful. Live in a way that, that increases our gratitude, not just in November, but all year around. As a matter of fact, there's one thing that I cannot stand about the Thanksgiving season. Love Thanksgiving. Love the month of November. It is awesome. But there's this one thing. I come face to face with reality, with this one question. Maybe you felt this way as well. The question that I wrestle with is this. It's up on the screens. Why don't I feel this way all year long? That's one of the reasons why, like, man, I think about Thanksgiving and I love it, but then there's, there's that little thing within me that, that, gets, that gets down because I think to myself, man, why, why am I not thankful all year round? Why am, why am I not thinking about my children the way that I am right now? Why am I not thinking about my, my, the blessings in my life, the relationships that I have? Why am I not thinking this way all year around? Why is it just in November? And maybe you felt that way as well. As a matter of fact, that's why the title of this message is called Seasonal Thankfulness. Because we all know what it's like to go through a season of thankfulness. Even our country, the world, during this weekend, during this month, we go through the season of thankfulness. But then there's another season that comes and then immediately that thankfulness is gone. I think there's a couple of reasons why our thankfulness leaves us. I think there's a couple of reasons why we, we, we let that thankfulness slip away throughout the year. As a matter of fact, uh, there's some things that steal away that thankfulness. I'm calling these three things the thieves of thankfulness. The first thief that comes to take away our thankfulness is this thief right here. It's up on the screen. It's the comparison thief. If you want to know how to kill something or kill gratitude, compare something to someone else's. 
If you want to know how to kill a marriage in the fastest way possible, compare your marriage to someone else's marriage. If you want to know how to ruin a friendship, if you want to know how to, how to build resentment toward a job that you have, compare it to someone else's. See, here's the thing when it comes to the comparison thief. The comparison thief leaves us feeling one of two ways. The comparison thief leaves us feeling, number one, inferior to others. You start to feel less than. What I have, what I possess, what I know isn't enough because of what he has or what she knows. And we compare it to someone else's and we start to feel less than. And I know I'm not the only person in the room that has felt this before. As a matter of fact, uh, last year, my wife and I, we did something incredible. This was like the most like big boy thing I've ever done. We bought our first home and we were like, this is incredible. The person called us, he was like, hey, you're in escrow. I'm like, mm, I'm 28, I don't know what escrow means. Let me Google that, <laughs> right? So I'm like, what is that? But she's like, listen, it's all but done. Like this is it. We bought our first home. It was amazing. And I'll never forget that day, and my wife and I, we are giddy. I'm jumping around the room like, oh, my gosh, I did this amazing thing. And because I'm a millennial, I got on social media, and I wasn't going to post about it, and I'm just scrolling, and I saw that my buddy that lived in a different state just bought his first home. And his home was bigger than mine. His home had a pool. His home had more bedrooms, and all of a sudden, listen to me, all of a sudden, this amazing blessing that God has just blessed me with, that in a world where, where homelessness is a real thing, I'm comparing this amazing blessing to someone else's, and the blessing that God has given me, all of a sudden, wasn't enough. All of a sudden, I didn't have what that person had, and it started to minimize the blessing that God has blessed me with. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had that feeling like, man, yes, I'm, I finally did this thing, or I'm finally uh, doing this thing, or I got this thing, and whatever it may be, whatever relationship it may be, Whatever resource it may be, you get that thing and then you compare it to someone else's and then all of a sudden, God's blessing to you isn't enough. And I don't know about you, but the comparison thief, this thief, this is the thief that comes and steals away my joy more than any other thief. That steals away my, th this is where I live, this is the thing that I battle with constantly a feeling like what I have isn't enough because the comparison thief will leave you feeling either inferior to others or the second place is the comparison place or the comparison thief will leave you feeling superior to others. Oh, there's some people in the room that feel better than other people. Don't, don't get it twisted. When you see what other people have, you start to feel like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool that you bought a new lawnmower, but I got a zero turn <laughs> lawnmower. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever it is, and, and we don't really like to confront that. We're like, yeah, like, we're okay with like, oh, dang it, I feel inferior to others. But the truth of the matter is, we also have that, that, that thing within us that we can feel better than others as well. And whenever you are feeling inferior to others or superior to others, I'm telling you the thankfulness that God wants you to live in is squandered. And the thing that has taken that away from some of us in the room is the comparison thief. 
The second thief that comes to take away the thankfulness, the reason why we don't have it year-round is this thief right here. It's a thief up on the screens. It is the amnesia thief. And I, I want to use that term delicately and, and lightly because I know that that's a real thing, but I want to use it strictly for the definition of frequent memory loss. And the reason I bring up this, this thief right here is because there's times when we go through a season of being blessed and we feel like all these things are amazing and there's something takes place in our life and quickly we forget. Quickly we forget just how good God is because something's going on in our life. Have you ever been in that, that, that moment or that season where, where you've forgotten just how good God is? Where you've forgotten how God has brought you out from, from all of the things that you used to be involved in? The way that you used to think God brought you away from that, the relationship that you were in that was toxic, God allowed you to get out of that. The, 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 the breath in your body, we, we forget moment by moment just how good God is. As a matter of fact, over and over, when I read in the Old Testament, I read time and time again where, where the prophets or, or the men or the women of that day that were close to God would say, remember the Lord God. In the next season, whatever it is, remember your God. Remember the Lord God. And, and one of the things that I want to infuse within all of us this weekend is the power of remembering. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've walked through. I don't know the seasons that you've been in. I don't know how hard it's been in your life or how great it's been in your life. But here's what I know, that God, he's done some amazing things in all of our lives. He's done some incredible things, some things that we do not realize. And quickly, quickly we forget just how blessed we are. Because we're just thinking about the next thing. And yeah, yeah, I got this. And yeah, I know, I know I haven't missed a meal. I know that I'm, I'm, I'm living in a home. I know that I'm able to turn on my AC when it's too hot. I know I'm able to turn on my heater when it's too cold. I know I have clothes on my back. I know all of those things. But God, when are you going to bless me? <laughs> right? That, that's, that's where we are. That's where I have been. And I can't imagine God's up there saying, no, 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 don't. Don't forget what I just did. Don't, don't forget that you just woke up. Don't, don't, don't forget all the things that I'm blessing you with. Don't forget these blessings <laughs> that are in your life. People of God, I'm telling you, whether you are a believer in the room or an unbeliever, God has blessed us. And if we just let this, this blessing linger and we just relish in it during Thanksgiving time, I think we're doing God a disservice. Without taking a moment and saying, God, before I rush off to the next thing, let me thank you for what's in front of me. And I don't want to just use that right now. I want to harness this thankfulness and this gratitude, and I want this to go year around. I want to I live a lifestyle of thankfulness, but we soon forget. 
The other day, I was uh, taking my niece to the grocery store, and I was watching them for my sister, and she went to go out of town. She went to go do something, and I'm watching my niece and nephews, and I take them to the supermarket, and you guys know, if you got little ones, it's an all-out event amusement park. They see supermarket as amusement park. So they're just like in there going crazy, buying Takis, and I mean, they're going off, right? But, but I'm telling them to put things back. I'm like, hey, put that back, put that back, put that back. Now, right now, I'm just coming here to get one freaking thing. Like, just put that back. And then my niece says, in front of all these strangers, buy me something you never feed me. I'm like, shut up. You know, I'm about to backhand her and add to the perceived notion that I'm a bad guy, right? But I'm, I thought to myself, I'm literally thinking to myself, we are two hours removed from breakfast. I just fed you. But for them, in their mind, they're on to the next. And I'm telling you, I know, at least for me, I know God looks at me that same way as his son. He's, I'm like, God, you never do this thing. God's like, I just blessed you. And y'all, I wanna, I wanna pass that along to you and let you know don't let this thief, don't let this thief come around and steal what God wants to put in you, which is a lifestyle of thankfulness, not a seasonal one. I, I, I want us all to feel this gratitude in March. I want us to feel this gratitude in June. I want this to be a lifestyle. So if it's not the comparison thief, if it's not the amnesia thief, it's this last thief. And this is the thief that comes to steal away thankfulness, and it's, it's the worry thief. The, the worry thief. For, for some of us in the room, we're, we're more prone to worry than others. And you know, if you've ever felt this feeling of, of worry, which is all of us, you know all it takes is, is one phone call. All it takes is one text message. All it takes is one random thought, and all of a sudden, we spin out into worry. And we start to worry about the things in our life. And we're trying to worry about what, what, what's next. Jesus is saying, you don't have to worry about what's next. I'm giving you what you need right now. I, I know there's a future. Trust me, I know there's a future. I know you got things and you don't know how it's going to work out. You don't know how that job's going to work out. You don't know how that financial situation is going to work. You don't know how that relationship, you don't know how the children are going to pan out. And I know that for the next moment, but will you trust me for your now moment? And Jesus is saying that if you just, if you just trust and lean on me, I got you. But worry, man, worry stands at our door for a lot of us in this room, and it knocks on the door. As soon as we get up, worry is right there, telling us, did, did you, are, are you not, you need to worry about the children, they, they're, they're gone, they're out of your presence. You, you need to worry about this next bill, you need to worry about the food, you need to worry about all of these things, and all I'm telling you is that all of that worry is stealing away the thankfulness that God wants to put in you. So whether it's comparison, whether it's amnesia, whether it's worry, whatever that thing is that's stealing away the thankfulness, I'm telling you that God has a different plan. 
As a matter of fact, God has something far better in mind because here's the problem with these thieves. Here's the problem with these three areas. Living in any of these areas, here's the biggest problem. Whether it's comparison, amnesia, or worry, here's the biggest issue with that. When thankfulness is predicated upon what's happening, you'll always allow your thankfulness to be handcuffed to the world. Your, your, your thankfulness will be handcuffed to what's happening, and what's happening is always up and down. And when that happens, our thankfulness slips away. That's the biggest problem with, with this. When, when our, our thankfulness is predicated upon what's happening, our thankfulness becomes seasonal. And I think there's a different way. Today, I want to show you two verses that I believe change the game in my life. These are two verses that I think have the power to change everything in all of our lives. I want to give you a little bit of context. In the first uh, scripture I want to show you, it's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to this church, these, these believers in the region of Philippi. Now, the Apostle Paul is writing this from a Roman prison. He has just gotten beaten up and thrown into prison. I don't want to skip past that. He's just gotten beaten up and thrown into prison, and he writes these words to the believers. And he says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I want to pause right there. Here's, here's Paul locked up just after getting beaten, thrown into a prison, and he writes these words, and he says, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. If I get thrown into prison, you better believe my first letter is get me out. <laughs> Where's mom with the bail money? I need to get out. This man says rejoice in the Lord. Not just rejoice in the things that are happening. He doesn't say rejoice because life is awesome. Rejoice because you got all these different blessings. He says no, Rejoice in the Lord. Here's why he says that. Because if you rejoice over what's happening, your joy is up and down. But he says when you rejoice in the Lord, you've always got something to be joyful about. You've always got something to be joyful about. And here's what he didn't say. He didn't say be happy. There's a difference between joy and happiness. Joy is in spite of. Happiness is because of. Let me say that again. Joy is in spite of the circumstances. Happiness is because of the circumstances. And when you want to be happy, you can do that. But just know when the circumstances change, your happiness is going to change. But when you've got joy, you can sit in a Roman prison cell and say, I'm joyful in the Lord and God is still good. You can go through a breakup and say, God is still good. You can be fired and say, God is still good because joy is in spite of all the things that take place. And Paul is saying, rejoice in the Lord. 
The other thing that he says is pray. Prayer. That this is how we live a lifestyle of thankfulness. We rejoice, and we pray, and bring everything we have to God. I heard this quote recently, and this has added time to my prayer life. If you don't want to add more time to your prayer life, cover up your ears. That, that's how powerful this quote is. It's from a theologian. His name is H.B. Charles, and he said, The things you pray about reveal what you trust God for. The things you don't pray about reveal what you foolishly think you can handle on your own. The things you pray about, they reveal what you trust God for. But the things you don't pray about, they reveal what you foolishly think you can handle on your own. Because if you're anything like me, you know when it comes to prayer, I'm going to reserve the big stuff for God. The healing, the miracle, I need this job, I need this next blessing. But when it comes to like little things, if there's a little argument I got with my wife, I can handle that. If, if it's my patience is wearing thin, I can, God, I, I got that. You handle the heavy lifting, I'll handle the petty stuff. And Paul is saying, no, you, you bring everything you've got to God. Through prayer, every, whatever you, whether you think it's big or small, you bring it to God in prayer. He says, rejoice and pray. And then he says, live a life of thanksgiving. Giving thanks for the things that are in our life. He goes on to say this. Here's how this verse finishes. He says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your Mind, when you rejoice, when you pray and you give thanks to God, the peace of God, that this is, this is better than the world's peace. This is better than your friend's peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, you can't even fathom it, will guard your heart and your mind. I don't know about you, but we live in a world that could use some peace. And it's going to come from the peace of God. Do you know how much people are paying for peace? Do you know how much people are smoking to get peace? Are medicating to get peace? And God is saying, I'm, I'll give it to you freely. But here it is. Here it is. Your, your, your thankfulness isn't predicated upon peace. It's not when I get peace in the relationship, then I can be thankful, God. When I get peace, God, when you work this situation out, then I can be thankful. No, the scripture is saying when you live a life of thankfulness, peace is the byproduct. Peace becomes the byproduct. But there's two things I want to I just pull out real quick in this verse, and I'll finish with the next. The two things I want to pull out are up on the screen. Paul uses very particular language. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Always, in every situation. You can rejoice, and you don't have to be anxious, and you can bring your request to me. Y'all, not just during th uh, Thanksgiving in every situation, and always. Here's the final scripture that I want to give to you. It's found in 1 Thessalonians 5. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 
verse 16 through 18, Paul uses some language that I'm going to use again. It's the same language almost. And he's writing this to believers who have just witnessed uh, some of their, 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 their believing friends being dragged out of the city. Paul and friends had to flee from this city because a riot was breaking out. And Paul writes this letter to them. He says the exact same language. He uses the exact same language. He says, rejoice always. Pray continually give thanks in all circumstances. Let me go ahead and highlight what y'all know I'm already going to highlight. The next slide says this, always, continually, in all circumstances. Always, continually, and in all circumstances. Paul is writing this to people who are persecuted on all sides. And he's saying, listen, I know you're being persecuted. I I know I've been persecuted, but I want you to rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. Here's why this is so powerful. Because he's saying, even with the bad things that take place in our life, we can rejoice, we can pray, and we can give thanks. Through the divorce, you can rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Through the infertility, you can rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Through the, through, through the breakup, through the, the relational turmoil, through the job loss, through the confusion, through the depression and anxiety, you can rejoice, Pray and give thanks. And let me say this. This is not some pie-in-the-sky message that everything's going to be all right. No, no, this is to say, even though you go through some hard times, John 16, even when you're in the middle of the hard times, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer because Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Y'all, we have a lot to be thankful for. And here's why a lifestyle of thankfulness is so much better than the way that we've been living. Because when you hug a child that you're thankful for versus a child that you're t- you take for granted, it's different. When you approach and walk through the doors of a job that you're thankful for versus a job that you take for granted, it's different. When you treat a relationship, when you treat a spouse or a marriage, uh, one that you are thankful for versus one that you treat for, or you take for granted, it's completely different. So how do we do this? How do we move past just keeping this seasonal and make this a lifestyle? Here's, here's the bottom line to my entire message. The bottom line is simply this. It's up on the screens. In order for thankfulness not to be seasonal, you have to be intentional. In order for thankfulness not to be seasonal, you have to be intentional. At this time, I'm gonna invite the band back up to sing one more song, but I wanna leave you with this this one thing. This is something that I try to do, and I don't do it nearly as much as I ought to do, but but y'all, this is something that I said, man, I wanna get more intentional in my thankfulness I want to get more intentional in my gratitude. I I want to be better than just being a thanksgiving, thankful type of person. I want it to be a lifestyle. So I bought this 
this little booklet. It's a moleskin, and I call it my gratitude book. And every single day, whenever I remember, and I need to do it more often, but whenever I have the opportunity, I wake up and I write what I'm grateful for. And there's only two categories. It's real simple. It's two categories, life and wife. That's it. Those are the two categories. It rhymes, so I said, I'm going to do that. And, and so I, I use it to just look back on God's faithfulness. Whenever I get in the mode of complaining and whining and building up resentment, I try to open this up, and, and I want to encourage all of us. I know when I say just get intentional about being thankful, that could just like, that could just fall on deaf ears, but I'm telling you, I want you to get intentional. And I don't know what that looks like, but for some of you, maybe it's, it's buying a moleskin and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to write something in my book. I'm going to write what I'm thankful for. And I look back on it. August 25th, 2021, life. I am thankful to have a job I thoroughly enjoy going to every day. Wife, today Crystal encouraged me with words of affirmation. She texted me, I was just sitting here thinking how perfect you are for me. I'm thankful for her kindness. August 26th, life. I am thankful today. I'm thankful that today is my Friday and I get to rest. Wife, Crystal's sacrifice to stay home makes our whole family better. September 26th, life. I have a car to drive to go places that I need to go. Wife, Crystal is so kind and caring. Today she helped me talk through an issue I'm having at work. Life, September 28th. Today, I woke up with no major pain in my body. I am thankful for my health. Wife, I am thankful to have a wife who tells me the truth even when I don't want to hear it. She may have wrote that one. I don't... I don't know about that one, but <laughs> here's, here's why I say all that. Because if I'm not careful, if I'm not cautious and on guard, because we fight a real enemy, the enemy will allow me to think that my life isn't worth anything. He'll allow me to think that my wife does nothing for us or for my family. He'll have me thinking things that, that are not true. And so to be on guard, I'm gonna remember God. The, I'm gonna be thankful, God, for the things that you've placed in front of me in my life and through my wife. And whenever I start to feel that resentment trying to creep in, I remind myself, God's been too good. God's been too good to me in my life and I won't allow the enemy to squander or to allow me to think that I cannot be thankful for the many things in my life. Let me ask you this final question. What is it in your life? Who is it in your life that you've potentially or that you've potentially taken for granted that you could be more thankful for? Because thankfulness changes the game. And if anybody, if anybody on this earth has a right to be thankful day in and day out, it's believers. Because we got the God of the universe on our side, day in and day out, blessing us. What is it 
that the enemy has caused you to overlook that God has placed in your hands. Today, I encourage you to be intentional and to be on guard to fight against that, to be thankful for the many things that God has blessed us with. Let me pray for us. God, thank you. I don't want to just skim by that. I really want to sit in that. God, thank you. Thank you for today. So many things that we scurry by on a daily basis that you've blessed us with. And I just, I just want to sit and say thank you for the many blessings that you've blessed us with, God. There's some people in this room, including myself, that compare our blessing. Forget about the blessing or worry about what's next. And God, I'm praying. I'm praying that the people under the sound of my voice leave behind seasonal thankfulness for a lifestyle of thankfulness because we've got a reason to. That reason is you. So dad, help us to be on guard be intentional about fighting against fighting against the spirit of apathy or grumbling or attitude or complaining because we never want to take you or the people or things that you've given us for granted so God I pray for each and every person that we move from seasonal to lifestyle in Jesus name Amen.